Chapter Twelve of Handy Mandy and Oz by Bruce Plummy Thompson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twelve Prisoners of the Wizard. What seemed to be hours later, though in reality it was only a few moments, the two luckless prisoners found themselves side by side on a heap of soft blue flower petals. They were in a small circular pit with one amethyst burning dimly in the grating that covered the top. The goat girl had no recollection of her final landing, and, gazing up at the grilled ceiling, wondered dully how they had come through without being cut to pieces. "'It tilted,' wheezed the royal ox, answering the unspoken question in Handy's eyes. "'Just tilted and slid us down.' Oh, a fortunate thing you kept that magic flower, molass. Oh, <clears throat> Weakly and still trembling in every limb, Knox tried to rise, but his legs gave way beneath him, and for a good fifteen minutes he and the goat girl rested on the flower petals, saying never a word. The tapping of footsteps in the corridor brought Handy quickly to her feet and as Knox managed to heave himself upright, the blue petals vanished, leaving only a tiny flower on the floor. Handy had just time to stuff it into her pocket when an invisible door in the side of the pit opened, and twelve depressed workmen in silver cloth caps and overalls stepped inside. They carried brooms, mops, and dustpans, and stood staring in dismay at the seven-armed goat-girl and angry-looking ox. We, "'We were sent to brush up,' stuttered the first workman, touching his cap uneasily. "'But there seems—' "'To be nothing to brush,' finished Handy sarcastically. "'Sorry to disappoint you. Now get out,' ordered the goat-girl furiously and, seizing buckets, brooms, and mops from their nerveless fingers, Handy pummeled them left and right with her seven hands. "'Get out, and don't come back till Christmas,' she panted, as the workmen, tumbling over one another, clawed open the door and banged it to behind them. The knob was on the other side of the pit, and not even the edges of the door were now visible. "'What a place!' groaned Handy Mandy, leaning dejectedly against the side of their prison. "'What a king! And he looks so nice!' grieved the goat-girl, sliding down to a sitting position and holding her head in all of her hands. "'Never mind,' said the ox, settling on the floor beside her. "'He hasn't got the best of us yet.' It was pretty clever of you to remember that flower, but what I can't understand is why you did not tell him at once that we did have this silver hammer he is so anxious to possess. Then we could have traded the hammer for the release of Carrie. I don't trust him, answered the goat girl somberly. Why should I trust that wizard as far as a goat can butt? Didn't you hear him say the hammer was the second most important magic in Oz? 
Didn't you hear him say he was stealing and planning to steal the best magic from all the four kingdoms to make himself supreme ruler of Oz? Well, now that Five has brought him this jug-a-rug or whatever it is and Ozma's own magic picture, he's probably well on the way to realizing his ambitions. But he's not going to get our silver hammer. I found it and I'm going to keep it for it's far safer with me than with him. Do you suppose we're going to help an old bozzywog like that? What good would it do to put Kerry back on his throne if Watts is to be ruler of Oz? He'd probably pot all the kings and keep everything for himself. Very probably, agreed Knox, wagging his head mournfully. But what are we to do? Are we an army to fight a mountain full of silver moles and minions? Are we magicians to risk our necks with this wizard? Besides, Knox's face grew thin and anxious. If Watts has treated Kerry the way he has treated us, the boy needs us right now and this very minute. But didn't you hear him say he'd put Kerry back on the throne if Nine did not soon find the hammer? put in handy patiently that proves the little king is still here and safe of course we must find him and get him out of this miserable mountain but we're not going to give what's our hammer or any help at all and he can put that in his silver pipe and blow bubbles till he bursts said handy vindictively now the thing to do is to rest and eat then set ourselves to find the way out of this pit and this mountain. Watts and Nifflepock think we're all swept away by this time. Besides, they'll be too busy talking with Five to bother us. So first to eat and then to think, proposed Handy in a businesslike manner. Perhaps you're right, sighed the ox. <sighs> but I'll not have an easy moment till we're out of this magic mountain. That ride! Knox lashed his tail and rolled his eyes at the mere thought of their dash down the underground railway. Did you experience anything like it in your life? Well, grinned Handy, it's one way of seeing the country, I suppose. But let's not look back, old Tockins. Let's look ahead. Remember, we still have the dwarf of the hammer on our side and when we are ready to leave he'll surely show us the way not before i put a few gores in that wizard's pants and plants rumbled knox belligerently i'll teach him to take liberties with the royal ox of Carateria. hi yi that's the old oz spirit cheered handy reaching out to touch his golden horn horn dear just served two dinners and no fooling. Unscrewing Knox's horn of plenty as she spoke, the goat girl held it quietly in her wooden hand. And there was certainly no fooling about the two splendid dinners the horn delivered in answer to Handy's wish. Never had she eaten a more appetizing repast, and half of the prison pit was taken up by the fresh hay, fruit, and grains brought to satisfy the hunger of the royal ox. So, forgetting for a time their awful danger and their disagreeable imprisonment, the two adventurers refreshed themselves, and after the dishes and containers had disappeared, 
settled down to evolve some plan to outwit the wizard of what's end of chapter 12